Hello, everybody. Welcome to Double Shot, a sports podcast featuring yours truly, John or JP, depending on how you know me, and Hector Sandoval all the way in Del Rio, Texas. What's up, Hector? What's up, everybody? What's up, JP? You miss podcasting. <laughs> yeah, man, I miss it. You know, I got I got the itch, especially with the with the new uh, NFL season coming and the new uh, shakeups in the NBA coming. I just feel like there's a lot to uh, to discuss. There's a lot to go over. It's something that I can't miss this season. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It feels like it feels like everything was just lined up. That like this this is the this is the season to make this count. That uh, yeah. there's some there's so much going on in the NBA. Um, I mean, there's so much going on in the NFL too, and uh, things look like they are. We'll get into it later, but things look like they're on the come up for the Cowboys and Spurs. So this is as good a time of any to get this rolling again. Oh yeah, we're back. I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to make anything, you know, count my chickens before they hatch. But uh, I think we're back. Texas sports. Alrighty. Okay. So, so go to Vegas, book Cowboys Patriots already. Is that what we're doing? Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Put your money on it. <laughs> oh my god. Isn't it so fucking bizarre how the biggest story in the NFL is a thing that did not include include actual football taking place. It's the opening season. We got Monday night football going on right now. And the thing that nobody can stop talking about is the whole Antonio Brown situation and him going and ending up with the Patriots. I am so sick and tired of Antonio Brown. <laughs> Not even just his news. I'm tired of him as a player. I'm ready for him to, to just be outcasted, exiled. Don't ever pick him up again. Do to him, NFL, do to him what you did to Des Bryant. Granted, he's much, much better. But we can't let this keep happening, man. We can't. Uh, when you, what do you mean specifically? What do you not want to happen anymore? So Antonio Brown, I, I, and I, you know, without trying to sound insensitive towards the whole, the reality of it, I really do. I'm pretty positive this guy's got CTE. He he took <laughs> he took a beating last year with the with the Steelers. Towards the end, he just wasn't there for his team. He wanted out. They let him go. They traded him for a bag of chips and a pack of smokes to the Oakland yeah. Raiders. And, I mean, he, he didn't so much as practice for four weeks with them. He didn't even do the whole training camp before he wanted to be released from them. And now, obviously, Bill Belichick is Thanos, and he comes in and picks up Antonio Brown and finishes off his Infinity Gauntlet, and now he's ready to take over the world. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it beca- like it's, it's almost comical how everybody, at least everybody that I knew, was like, okay, right on cue, the Patriots are going to sign Antonio Brown. And then what do you know? It actually happens. Hours later, the same day that he's cut, he agrees to a deal, like, not even, like, eight hours later to the Patriots. Yeah, he's he, and he's leaving a lot of money on the table. He's still getting a good deal f- with them, but he, he, I, I almost think that he orchestrated the whole thing. Like, he's just that crazy. I was going to ask you if you're, if you're um, subscribing to that theory that he orchestrated this whole thing and wanted to go to Patri- to the New England all along. I'm, I'm not ready to, to fully say with confidence, yeah, he orchestrated it. Because, I mean, at what point did he figure that out? You know what I mean? Because on Friday, he was at the podium apologizing. And then Saturday yeah. morning, he wants to be released. Like, I, I don't get I understand that it was the whole guaranteed thing that they were taking away his guaranteed money. But... I feel like yeah. he should have known that on Friday already. I don't understand. Like, I don't think it was a whole grand scheme, like a whole plan of his. Uh, yeah. It just came to fruition for him. 
Like, it just happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, the kicker to it was that, um, for people who aren't aware, was that the thing that really set things off that made him demand to be released was that he was... I didn't even know this either, that even if you have a guaranteed contract in the NFL, you can have that guaranteed money revoked if you reach a certain amount of fines due to conduct detrimental to the team. And that's exactly what the Raiders did. They fined him the, the right amount to where they can void the contract to which I think that's why I don't really believe that either because I feel like if they were to guarantee his contract he would have stayed it probably would have been a whole season of this crazy shit going on but by voiding the contract they were able to escalate it to now so I don't think that he would be calling for his release if he had that guaranteed money still on the table right yeah he's still gonna play I mean the thing about Antonio Brown is that he he's all like he says oh I don't need the game I don't need the game I have enough money but it's about the money for him. Like it, it definitely is. Now, going to New England is is it kind of contradicts that because it's chasing a ring. But who's gonna pass up that opportunity to play with the greatest of all time in uh, yeah. Tom Brady? What I, I just, I mean, I feel good for the Raiders because Antonio Brown's obviously toxic. Um, but I still think it was it was. I mean, it, for somebody that's all about the money like that, that was kind of a dumb decision, in my opinion, because he was he had. 50 over three with the Raiders, 50 million over three years, um, with 30 million of that guaranteed. The the Raiders don't lose one red cent to Antonio Brown because of the contract con- conduct uh, detrimental to the, to the team, so they don't have to pay him any of that guaranteed money. However, he was right. set to make close to 20 million a year this year with the. I mean, 20 million this year with the Raiders. Um, yeah. he, he could make up to 15, I think the figure was with the with the Patriots. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was nine. I think it was. Is one way or the other. It was nine million base salary with a six million signing bonus, or the other way around. I can't remember. Right, right. But the thing is, your your next next summer, you're gonna have. And actually, actually, let me take this back because this morning they did add an option to that contract. Yeah, yeah. So they added so, a twenty million dollar contract for next year. Yeah. So or, it's or possible option. that he recoups that thirty million guaranteed. Yeah, it is possible. However, what else is possible is that. God forbid he could get injured. He, I mean, he he could get injured, or yeah. he could severely underperform. There are so many mouths to feed in New England. There's Josh Gordon. You have your reigning Super Bowl MVP uh, Julian Edelman. You have uh, Rex Burkhead, who's a great pass catcher out of the back. Sonny Michelle is a great ca- pass catcher out of the back. Now you're going to add Antonio Brown and his ego. We saw what happened yeah. when Juju threatened even a few of his uh, targets in Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown threw a fit, and now he doesn't want to play there anymore. What's yeah. going to happen here? You know what I mean? Like, you, you could severely underperform. Your your numbers are absolutely going to go down from Pittsburgh. Um, and God forbid you get hurt. They're not going to pick up that option. And then you're just a year older at a position that you need to be young and nimble and agile. And people don't want a frequently injured uh, receiver on their team, no matter how good you are. Do you think that he's on the Patriots following this season? Nope. I don't think so. No, no, I, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think they're gonna do with Antonio Brown what they did with Brandon Cooks. Is the the Patriots pick him up from? They picked up Brandon Cooks from the Saints after he had that awesome season, and yeah. then, uh, and then they had him for a year, maybe two. I don't think it was that long that they had him, um, and then they traded him or they cut him, let him go to the Rams. Uh, they use him for what they need because that's the way that the Patriots do their. Th- it's a it's a strict business for them. 
they're going to use you for what they need you for and then once they're done they're you're out of there and then they'll pick up the next uh, grocery bagger from walmart and win another super bowl <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> i mean at this point like because yeah like as it shows last night in the steelers game they clearly need the help <laughs> yeah yeah just like at, at this point like can anyone compete in the afc with them I, like, I I think it's gonna be very interesting to see the Chiefs. It's inevitable. It's gotta be the Chiefs and the Patriots. I don't think anything anybody thinks anything different. Yeah. Um, with respect to you know the Chargers on them, they're good teams in the AFC. But the the Chiefs look absolutely unstoppable. They lost their number one receiver last night and still just didn't miss a beat. The Patriots yeah. are the fucking Avengers of the league now, <laughs> and it, I mean it's gonna be yeah. it's gotta be them too. And I. I don't think anything competes with Tom Brady's experience, especially after that. After that twenty-eight to three, he came back from that. I'll never bet against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl again. So yeah, I think they have a free pass. <laughs> they got a bye week to the Super Bowl, basically. Oh my god. Okay, so so with Antonio Brown, I can see that. I could see him being like a one and done with New England, and after that, I mean. I don't know. It's just so weird to me that people acknowledge his, uh, like, off-the-field issues, um, you know, how, like, toxic he can be to a team, but he's probably going to be a part of a, a, a Super Bowl team. After that, like, this, everything makes sense for things. Everything makes sense that this would be the beginning of things falling apart for him. But given the situation that he's in, like, I just don't see that happening. Like either, whether it's the Patriots picking back, picking up his option or signing another long-term deal like he wanted with another team afterwards. Like it's just like a full on collision between like things going South and, you know, things, things on the come up for him. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really weird crossroads that he's at right now. Yeah, he all signs point to he should be washed up out of the league looking for a job like Des Bryant is. Like yeah, exactly. Bryant was. You know, he should be getting exiled and stuff, but it's just, I mean, it's falling into place. So this is a make or break for him, though. I, I feel like they're 85% sure they're going to win the Super Bowl with Antonio Brown. I think it comes down to how do they win it? Does their season go? Antonio Brown is used to getting 100-plus uh, receptions. A season yeah yeah but now there's so many other star receivers or so many other good pass catchers on that team yeah. there's no way there's absolutely no way he gets all those and the thing is i can understand like i think josh gordon will understand if his targets go down julian edelman will understand if his targets go down antonio brown is not that kind of player he's a diva mm-hmm. he wants all the attention if he doesn't get 85 receptions and they win the super bowl i think he's gone next year no matter what if he yeah. does get it and they win the Super Bowl, then he stays. Oh, man. I don't know. What 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 week do the Cowboys play them? Uh, I believe it's week six, something like that. It's it's right. In, it's, I think it's right in the middle of the league of the of the season. Are we is are, are we there or are they over here? Uh, no, we're playing at at uh, Gillette. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, is that the we're playing oh, at no, Gillette that, in the, November, so it's gonna be yeah, tough. Yeah, that's the that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. 
Right. That's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and then we have the game on Thursday back at home for Thanksgiving. But, but yeah. shit, late November in Foxborough, it's going to be cold. That's going to be a tough one for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, man, goddamn. I really, <laughs> I hope by that point the Cowboys have gotten <laughs> have gotten a better record. So yeah, hopefully there's not a, hopefully there's not much at stake during that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to be something to watch for sure. Oh my god. Okay. Well, speaking of things at stake, it already kind of feels like the Brown season is at stake because they fucking sucked <laughs> it up against the Titans yesterday. The the Brown season, I think, is absolutely at stake. Not because I mean I get it. It's week one, right? They're zero and one, but. The thing with the Browns is that they they have so many egos on that team. Uh, their two most dynamic players are Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. And yeah. that's like performance-wise and personality-wise. It all depends on yeah. how they're going to handle this. Are they going to be able to go into next week not even thinking about this past week? Or are they going to be mad throwing tantrums every time they drop a pass? Or what's going to happen? Are they going to be able to mature and, and just brush it off? If they can... I still think that they're they're a wild card team. Is Tennessee supposed to be good? So, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, I guess not so much Tennessee, but Marcus Mariota has been supposed to be good since he came in, and it kind of sucks to watch yeah. him because I really do like him, but he hasn't. Yeah. He's been struggling as like past years, but um, not yesterday. Yeah, not <laughs> yesterday. And the thing with them, really, it was their defense. Their defense is quite possibly the real deal. They had 21 points. They their their total score was 43, but they had 21 points strictly strictly off of uh off of turnovers. Now, that doesn't mean it was all pick sixes. There was there was one pick six, but every time they intercepted, Mariota capitalized. Like, yeah. They had a touchdown every time that they took the ball away from the Browns. Yeah. And uh and and that's where is Baker going to be able to grow up and be like, "Fuck it, man. I threw three last week, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to go in this week and it's a whole new game." But it, yeah. if they go into next week and lose to the Jets, then they're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, it's good. Well, because that was the whole thing about this offseason with Odell Beckham and the flashes that Baker Mayfield showed last season. It was that th- this was finally the year that they're going to be good, particularly on offense. And then uh, Baker Mayfield throws three interceptions and gets sacked five times. Right. And in total, yeah. they put up 13 points. And and then they were supposed to, I mean, in the preseason, their defense looked good. Granted, it's a preseason. But they also, I mean, their defense is not something to just laugh at. They they are supposed to have a good defense, too. But, they man, they got carved up. And and mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to say that that it was all that hype just got to them. Although Beckham's wearing a $350,000 watch on the field. <laughs> Come on. I knew you were going to say shit about that. <laughs> Dude, I saw that this morning. I was so pissed. It was such a bad start to oh my week. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, mean, that, that, I mean, that's just Odell being Odell. He doesn't have the blonde hair anymore, so he's got to flex some other way. Yeah, yeah. next thing he's going to have gold-plated <laughs> cleats next game. <laughs> man, and, uh, man, I don't... At what point... The thing that... The thing that intrigues me about this is that I'm not usually the type to start second-guessing things after week one, because usually this happens with teams, like, pretty much no matter what sport, whenever you change up whenever you change up your, uh, your staff like this, and you try to... And also with the head coaching change, with um, Kitchens, is it? Yeah, Freddie Kitchens. 
Yeah, this guy came out of nowhere and is now the head coach of a team that is supposed to be a division winner and like a um supposed to be a threat in the playoffs. Yeah. And then they and then they get out and it, again, I know it's just week 1, but they get outplayed like this and there's a and there's a young coach at the helm of this. This is already this is already probably a lot of pressure for him even though it's just week 1. I feel like he already has this like for a team as good as this, it he may already be on the hot seat. Yeah, he I think he definitely is. The thing is Freddie Kitchens has has never even earned an offensive coordinator's job. He got that yeah, because their OC Yeah, what was his got, position last time? I, I I can't remember what what his Well, he was the OC for a while, but because it was kind of just secession. They they fired the OC, so he was a sitting. Yeah, they it was just patchwork. Yeah, and then and then same thing happened with Hugh Jackson. They they got rid of Hugh Jackson, and then they're like, well, fuck it, let's just drag Freddie Kitchens out. You know, he's we have uh, a young a young core, and 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 he's doing work with them, so let's just put him at the helm. And and it mm-hmm. it kind of worked last year, but it it worked last year against teams that were below five hundred. Like they, the the Cleveland yeah. Browns didn't. They won one away game last year, and it was against it was right up the road in Cincinnati. Like yeah, they yeah. they didn't travel well. They they uh, they they played good against bum teams. I'm not saying that they're that they suck and that it's over and phone it in, but the the material that we had to base them off of last year, it's not really fair. And they are going to have a yeah. really tough go of it in the beginning. They have, like I said, the Jets in, in New York next week, and then they come back home and play the Browns. I mean, sorry, not the Browns, the Rams. And then they yeah. travel to Baltimore and play the Ravens, and we all saw what they did uh, last night. And then yeah. they have the young with a, Niners. With a, with a running back as a quarterback, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. And and, and, <laughs> and then the thing is with him is that Lamar Jackson, like everybody knows that he's a runner, but everybody was like, he can't throw, he can't throw. That dude had a couple bombs. Yeah, with yeah, what has I mean I know we're already getting off track here, mm-hmm. but like I feel like we should talk about it for a little bit. It's like what was ever? Why was that ever a question? He was never bad at quarterback skills. It's like why why was it a question that he needs to convert positions? Yeah, he just I never understood that. They, it's just it's the way that the it it's like a old habits die hard. There's We've only seen one other quarterback that's truly, truly as mobile as this, and it's it was Michael Vick. And there was only one. And his worked, and it worked for him, and, and, and then he went to jail or he had all this shit, and then he never really panned out to be what everybody knew that he could have been. So it's yeah. it's just kind of, you know, quarterbacks aren't supposed to move this much. He's going to end up getting hit. Look at Teddy Bridgewater. He ran, and then he got knocked down. Now Teddy Bridgewater is not Teddy B that we knew. Um, it, it just people – purists i guess want your quarterback to stay in the pocket and throw the long ball and that's just not the way that lamar jackson plays yeah yeah and um let's see what was it what, what did he throw five touchdowns yeah. 324 yards yeah that he threw for that's absolutely nuts granted a couple of those were well i think at least one of them was hollywood extending that play hollywood brown but but yeah, yeah, I mean, he he fired the pigskin. He was up there. He's he shut a lot of people up. So, but was, that being said, that the Browns were supposed to sweep their division. They're supposed to be like sure shots for the playoffs, and and Lamar Jackson's got something to say about that. And it's not going to be that easy for the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Can you? Uh, let me see here. I don't even know if this guy was still in the league. Can you name? 
another guy who fits that description who ran who ran it four times in the game for Baltimore. For Baltimore? Yeah. Another guy who fits that description who ran the ball four times yesterday. A, a quarterback? Yeah. Oh, oh know, yeah, was... it was Robert Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot that he was. I mean, poor Robert Griffin. He had like an insane rookie year, and then everything just went downhill after that. But that's the but, thing, him too. He was a mobile quarterback. They hit him. He tore his ACL. His career went down the drain. Yeah. Well, at least he can chalk that one up to injuries. They were trying to, they were trying to curse Lamar Jackson from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, RG three got in there and he kind of mixed it up a bit. But um, there was a bunch of memes going around because he like about RG three laughing because uh, Andrew Luck was picked as the like better quarterback of that draft, but now RG three is the only one still left. Man, yeah, like I I I forget who else was in that class, but I remember looking at that quarterback class and I was like, man, things really panned out oddly for everybody who was in that draft. Yeah, and then with the yeah with the whole Andrew Luck thing, like, were you? I mean, I guess it was a surprise really to everybody whenever he uh, retired, but uh, it makes sense in hindsight, but I guess it always takes people aback whenever someone that young retires at a position like quarterback. Yeah. Whenever, you know, we regularly see people who become scrubs and still play to like their mid-30s to 40s. Yeah, or, and, or in uh, Tom Brady's case, he's going to play till his retirement age of like 65. I know he's gonna. Yeah, I know Adam. Adam Vinatieri is gonna finally retire before Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is the thing is that that yes, he he's young and and it sucked, man. It sucked. I was honestly like I was hurt. I was down in the dumps about it because he's such a great quarterback and an even better human being. Like he's just a good guy, uh, textbook yeah. person. Well, he's one of the kids, one of the players that you want your kid to see in the news you want your kid to watch every night when he's playing because it's always good it's always good yeah. stuff but the indianapolis colts didn't build an o-line fast enough and he got knocked down hard more than any other quarterback that i've seen like he yeah. got beat yeah. up in his six years and in that same span there was only maybe three quarterbacks better than andrew luck was in in their first six years and they're all-time grades dan marino tom brady and I can't name another, probably Joe Montana or something like that, but but he yeah, he, he was, was supposed to be great. Yeah. 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 And then uh let me see. I haven't gotten the chance to look up how um Jacoby Brissett did in his place. Let me see. So yeah, Jacoby Brissett obviously isn't Andrew Luck, but he's not a bum. I mean people I feel like people were kinda of writing him off and Yeah. It was an overtime yeah, no, game. He looks yeah, he looked fine. It says here 21 out of 27, 190 for two touchdowns. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, I mean, he, he 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 held his own. Um, granted, well, no, I can't even say that Andrew would have won that in overtime because they didn't get the ball. The, the Colts didn't have a chance to get the ball in overtime. The The Chargers drove up the field methodically and, and scored it, scored a touchdown right away. So Brissett never yeah. touched it after regulation. But when he was in there, he did good. He had a QBR of 66.1. Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He did get sacked twice, but other than that, yeah. I mean, it was a it wasn't spectacular, but it was the Chargers that they're playing against. You know, it's not a bum team. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, I just felt really like it was just so frustrating to me to see that even 
Like, the kind of people who were talking shit about Andrew Luck at the time that he retired, like, this is the shit that I would have said whenever I first started watching football in middle school. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, how, how are people still of the mindset that they what they were basically asking for was for him to keep playing until he became disabled is what they were asking for. Like, how exactly. does a guy... How does a guy that oh, that deals with so many injuries to like not even like not even one particular chronic thing like he gets beat up all over his body and you know he's trying to play but he just can't. Yeah, he and, and he played with four injuries in the past 4 years, you know. It's Yeah, and then somehow somehow it's preferred to limp out there and set yourself up for failure than it is to just walk away while your brain is still intact yeah that whole thing was was for lack of a better term just disgusting to me when they were booing him off the field and i get it you know I, i've seen uh i've seen a couple of shows and articles written about it where i get it oh it's immediate fan reaction like they're drinking and all this shit but there's no excuse for that like it, That's so my stupid. immediate fan reaction my immediate uh, I guess emotional fan reaction still wouldn't have been to boo. It would have been to plea for him to stay. But I'm it's not gonna crazy. boo him out of there. Yeah, it was it was disgusting. I can't I I can't believe that the Colts fans of all, all did that. Yeah, he's had to put up with a lot of shit in the past few years being there with the Colts, and then his lasting memory of uh, walking off the field for the last time as to that. Yes, that's just crazy. That's just bizarre. And I also want to know, I don't think, it was never really talked about, but I want to know who who leaked that, because apparently he was getting ready to make that announcement himself, like, the next day or that following Monday, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, but, he was supposed since, to do it at a press it was conference, but it happened during the game that, they fi- that everybody started figuring it out. Yeah, so he was put in this weird position where he's just, like, hanging out with his teammates on the sidelines, and then this, and then... All of a sudden, everybody gets the notification that he's retiring, yeah. and he's and so probably in his mind, he's like, "I got to get the hell out of here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was gonna be an angry mob, but it it shouldn't have gone down like that. Shame on whoever leaked it, but even more shame on the fans for reacting that way. That was that was terrible. I hope if 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 I never see Andrew Luck on the field again, I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he has a great life. He builds a good family. I know he's gonna continue to work in some way with the NFL. Um, he'll he'll run charities, he'll run camps, because that's just the kind of guy he is. He is going to take his his millions upon millions of dollars, and he's going to take his architectural design degree, and he's going to go live his <laughs> life. He doesn't, man, he doesn't need football. He really doesn't. It's like, like, how awesome to be in his position where he can just be like, you know what, I think I'm good. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, not really suffer any repercussions for it. Just, like, people, like, didn't like that he left, but, like, what does it matter to him? He's got his money. Mm-hmm. He's got his safety net. Like, he's he's good. It's like, what what else is what else is there to prove for him? Yeah. Just, yeah, because, I mean, that's something that uh, a lot of people don't think about is that, like, at a certain point, like, especially with him, it's like you, he comes to the crossroads where it's like, is it really, is it really worth it to do this and, like, put myself, like, in put myself at risk of even more injuries and damage and just things that he's going to be dealing with for the rest of his life probably yeah yeah and especially now that uh cte is such a known uh such a known problem in 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 ex-nfl players 
Um, yeah. It's just it's you're, and we're gonna start seeing it. I be, I do believe it's gonna become a trend. Players are gonna start bowing out early. They're going to just because it. I mean, what good are all those millions if your head's not right? What good are all those millions if you got to be in therapy and 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 worrying about if you're gonna hurt somebody? You know what I mean? Yeah, ex- exactly. That's exactly where it stems from. Because it's like, what? Seriously, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. And people gotta stop acting like if they weren't in that position either, like they wouldn't do it or something. Because like, come on, if you have millions of dollars and you can just walk away, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. That's generational wealth. His his kids, his grandkids, his great grandkids will never want for anything. He's already set generations up for success. He's done. He's paid his dues. Let him. Let him fucking go, man. Yeah, and like you said too, I'm, I'm I would be I would be surprised if this doesn't start a pattern of people retiring early, because especially and not even for quarterbacks, it's like especially for other positions where you take way more hits and it's much more physically grueling, and uh, you know like and there's not pressure on you to maintain 350 pounds of weight on mm-hmm. you like all the time like that's like at that point like seriously why not just like especially for those types of people who can just I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know if it's something about, like, being the quarterback position where you're not already subject to being physical on every single play that makes people think that he should just tough it out or something, which doesn't justify it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but, I don't, and, and I, don't know, I think people I should be for that movement, too. Like, yeah, it's going to suck to see these guys leave before we could have gotten more out of them or more highlights or more stats. But when you think about it, these guys, if it becomes a trend, players start playing until they're 30 32 uh then when they leave it's gonna be basically just a trend of of young people and then we're stuck with a bunch of young dynamic players like people should be for that you know what i mean it's gonna make the sport more exciting to be completely honest with you if football ceased to exist tomorrow i wouldn't be surprised and i would kind of understand just because of all the damage that people have been taking um yeah but if we want it to continue, what better way than to have complete parity, not complete, but a, a lot more parity in the league because it's going to be kind of a revolving door. You have new teams, new players, new highlight reels yeah. to watch all the time. Yeah. Which is another thing that's surprising to me is like by this point, I would have hoped that people would realize that football is not a sport of longevity. Yeah, exactly. But- but apparently a lot of people still, at least a lot of people in Indiana didn't get that memo. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, the but, you know, in his absence, we can't forget that the Colts are still an actual team, and, and they they held their own. They did well. I feel like T.Y. Hilton was kind of thrown under the rug whenever Andrew Luck left, and everybody was kind of like, to stray away from T.Y. In, in, your, in your fantasy leagues, or don't even, like, expect him to be named in the stats or anything like that. But, you know, he did well. I think he had eight passes, 80-something yards. Or, sorry, eight receptions, 80-something yards. Um... Yeah, if anything, he's going to salvage that team. Yeah, yeah, he'll be – I mean, he's there. He's going to be their go-to now for sure. Uh, Marlon Mack did well as well. Uh, they, they look like they're they're still – you know, they still have a chance in the AFC South. Uh, yeah. The AFC South is, is going to be – should have been the Colts to win. Now it's kind of wide open. Um, Nick Foles is gone, so that's going to kind of suck. Mariota did well, and then right now, actually, we have the Texans and the Saints, so we'll have to wait and see how that game goes. But the Texans look like they're going to be the team to beat in the AFC South. Yeah, which is really strange because they, uh, 
they are coming off an off season, which will really have a ma- couple major trades like from a week or so ago, where they were under a lot of heat for. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you tell me, yay or nay, on having a general manager for your team? Well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody in Houston is going to tell you that they need a general manager now. <laughs> that, I don't know what's going on down there, but they have given up so many draft picks. They they gave up Jadavian Clowney for a six pack of all duels. They they they're just letting everyone go. They got Kenny Stills, which. I don't really understand because you have DeAndre Hopkins, the best receiver in the league, and then you have Will Fuller, who's as exciting as they come. You have Kiki yeah. QT, who's supposed to be your, you know, your third-year breakout or second-year breakout, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And you're just gonna add Kenny Stills, who's not him. Mean, he's not a great receiver, but he's gonna merit his own targets. What I did understand was them picking up Laramie Tunsil, but they yeah. they gave up, I think. A first, a first and two seconds or something like that, because because they don't know what they're doing, man. They have their their head coach. He doesn't yeah, give seriously. a shit. He doesn't care about the, all the things he's gonna do. Is he's he's make or break right now. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Because that that's what happens in the NBA too. Is is a lot of head coaches. Um, well, it doesn't happen a lot, but in the times that it does happen, it never works because coaches want more control of the team, so they ask to be the manager as well. And then whenever they get that, they don't know how to manage for shit because they're so focused on coaching that they want to use the managerial responsibilities to benefit them as a coach instead of looking at it as two separate entities. Yeah. And and so yeah, when you have the coach, when you have the coach. Pretty much, long story short, when you have the coach making the decisions that a manager should be making, it's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah, and that they're they're gonna they're finding that out very quickly. Man, yeah, they really. Do you think that they would hire one during the season, or do you think that they're just gonna go for it this season and just hope that they look smarter by the end of it or less dumb by the end? Of it? <laughs> The thing, the thing, it just depends on how they perform, man. I, I, it's not going to be an easy win if they do get it tonight against the Saints. I, I'm counting them to lose yeah. tonight. Um, if if they come out of the gates and they go 0-3, 0-4, I think they have to. They're going to have to hire somebody to make some moves. Um, if they come out like that and the AFC South is still not, there's not somebody undefeated, right? Like if there's no reason yeah. to tank it, they're going to have to hire a GM. Yeah. When was the last time this happened? Do you remember something like this happening? Well, the Cowboys still don't have a GM, but our head coach is not our general manager. So I say, yeah, <laughs> at least, yeah. When when was the last time a head coach was also making upper management decisions? Um. Oh man, I was looking at this earlier. So there is somebody who does it. I didn't know this until this morning. Um. Bill Belichick is actually the general manager for the New England Patriots. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. He's he, he's the head coach and the general manager. He's never been officially named general manager, but he's the de facto. They don't have a GM. So he's the de facto really? GM for the Patriots. He has the final say in all the football operations. That's the only time that I know of that it's worked out. Oh, my God. He, yeah, he seriously – he has to have, like, amazing consulting staff because mm-hmm. that's – yeah, I, yeah, I refuse to believe that he is making these decisions all on his own. He has to have a consulting staff that he works with to make these types of decisions. Yeah, I mean, but it does help him a lot too. That up until this year, 
Tom Brady was the least paid quarterback that wasn't on a rookie contract. Like he's got people who want to play for him, so they're not begging for all this money. So it kind of makes decisions a little easier for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still two two big jobs that he's been handling, and 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 yeah, I agree. He definitely has to have a good counsel. Yeah, and I mean, there has to be a way because. A lot of times you see with coaches is that they make a lot of moves for now. Just like, fuck it. Just who cares what happens like five years from now? Let's make moves for right now. Yeah. But the the Patriots have always been smart enough to maintain the flexibility for being a Super Bowl contender and still being able to make moves like they just did with Antonio Brown. See, and I feel like they kind of, I mean, if you really take a look at it, they kind of are shifting to that win now mentality because Bill Belichick knows that Tom Brady can't play forever. He he's yeah. still playing great. He's still playing like the goat, but he can't. There's no way he plays for another six years. So when he goes, I'm sure Belichick will go too. So they're trying to get as many rings as they can right now, which is why they take a chance and then a fifth chance and then a sixth chance on Josh Gordon, and why yeah. they they they. So now Gronk is retiring. So now they're gonna jump at this this troublesome diva wide receiver in Antonio Brown, it kind of is shifting in my, in my opinion to that win now mentality, but they level it out really well because they draft amazingly too. Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah. Cause it's, um, you know, as, as much as people, that's another concept that, I mean, I guess, it's easier for us to understand because we're not millionaires and billionaires, but you still see a lot. You still see a lot of teams thinking that they can just, um, go about free agency, getting the, just like, like outbidding everybody for these players that are going to make them title contenders. It's like, it's like no matter how you slice it, you got to be able to draft well. Yeah. And, and you know, they do, there's, there's no, there's no way around it. They're, they, they take advantage of all of all like ways to obtain to obtain uh players they're really you know they're ahead of the pack when it comes to free agency they draft well they trade well you can't really knock them on anything really and they rarely the the crazy thing is that they rarely draft in the first round and when they do it's like a bottom five pick in the first round like they they almost never yeah. get those high talent guys this past year they or the, a couple years ago they got Sony Michelle which was their first their first round one pick in like three years because they always trade it away. They don't care. They're going to trade it away and they're going to find other people. And then when they're done with them, they'll trade them away. And they're just managed really well. And it's, it's, that's why it's so surprising that Bill Belichick is supposed to be the one pulling those reins. Cause the whole manager, if he is man, that guy's got to get his brain checked when he gets out of here. Cause he's the (laughs) absolute opposite of CT. That guy is so high powered. (laughs) It's insane. It's insane. And and yeah. yeah, it's it's probably gonna be them up there again. Let's not let's not front, but uh, but you know they're they're exciting to watch. It's we're all witnesses to Tom Brady. We'll see what they end up doing with with uh, Diva Brown over there. Yeah, that would be. I mean, it, and it would just be everybody's luck that they're the team that can rein him in <laughs> and make him into exactly. And he's gonna I guarantee he's gonna act like a saint in New England. And that's that's kind of gonna piss me off even more because I know that that's not who he is. Where do, where does he rank among the other uh, disrupting players that we've seen over the years, like uh, Terrell Owens, and uh, I don't know if you would include Odell Beckham in that conversation. Also, everything that happened in New York. Yeah, I absolutely. Uh, would. So it's Terrell Owens, Odell Beckham, uh, Ocho Cinco, 
Anybody that's yeah. going to tra- change their last name legally from Johnson to Ocho Cinco, <laughs> that's they're going to come with some baggage. Uh, shit, even Randy Moss. And Randy Moss is arguably the greatest receiver of all time, and 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 he ha- yeah. he had his conduct issues. And when he went to the Patriots after he was in the Raiders, he went to the Patriots and they didn't win with him. So yeah. it's not it's not a for sure that they will win. Um, but Antonio Brown, I think, fits nicely in that group just because they are all great receivers and they are all do have shitty attitudes yeah man and just to be able to groom them like they do and just um i don't i mean i guess that just speaks to the culture there that no matter what happens they still they still you know they they think so highly they bet on themselves Mm -hmm. so hugely that they don't care what kind of reputation the player has. They'll bring them in, and then they have the confidence in themselves to work it out that way. Yep. I mean, when when you want to win, when you have a chance to play with the GOAT, you're going to change your attitude. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I don't know. Um, Just God have mercy on us all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But hopefully, hopefully our Cowboys can come through and our Cowboys can give them a run in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. Thank goodness that, like, this was this game went just about as well as anybody could hope for. Yeah, like, and this... and it was you know the Giants and whatever they're not supposed to be good, but it's still a rivalry game, and anything in those rivalry games or any game like that can go either way on any given Sunday. Yeah, and so just my parents were at that game. Nice. And and so I was I was just glad that they were able to finally go to a game that was not shitty because yeah. they have terrible they have terrible luck with going with with Cowboys games that they go to. <laughs> I've I've only been to two. Mm-hmm. And the two that I went to was the first one was like 4 years ago when Tony Romo was still the quarterback. Yeah. And the week before he got injured and replacing him was who was our backup before oh, Dak? Uh, so the backup was Kellen Moore, but I think I think you're talking that year was when we had Matt Castle. Was it Matt Castle? It was, it was no. either Matt Castle or Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was our like perennial backup to Tony Romo. Okay, yeah, it was probably Kellen Moore then because it was someone it was someone who uh, who did not have a good reputation. And I was like, okay, this game is going to suck. And it, ter- <laughs> it turns out it did. <laughs> and then the second game I went to was a game against the Packers where that was the game. It was like a couple – it was like two or three years ago. And um, and it was a heartbreak. Packers, yeah, yeah, the one where the Packers came back with like a minute left and Aaron Rodgers was just fucking charging down the field mm. and got the touchdown like – right when they needed it and i was like okay great i'm never gonna go to a cowboys game again yeah but, uh, i went to i went to one a few years back when when they played the jets but it was when fitz magic was slinging golden geese to brandon marshall and eric decker <laughs> and we got we got waxed that game i haven't been back but uh i don't know man the way that they're playing i might have to buy some tickets this year i know right just hopefully hopefully the curse is over and i can finally go to a game that's decent but um Man, that one just especially for Dak Prescott, uh, the next guy in line for a for a big ass contract. Yeah, he is. Yeah, proving his worth. Four hundred over four hundred yards, four touchdowns. He had like, two hundred yards at the half. 
That's fucking crazy. And I bet Jerry Jones was kicking himself because they wanted to get a deal done before that game started. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows how that's gonna go? Yeah, but, I, I uh, think he's gonna get. He's gonna get. You know the contract that he wants. Um, the thing about Dak is that when he turned down those thirty million a year, he didn't necessarily turn down thirty million a year. He turned down the guaranteed money. He wanted more guaranteed money. So um, I'm, I'm guessing he's shooting for the forty fifty. Or shit, I don't know. I need to check what Carson Wentz's contract is because he's definitely gonna want something above Carson Wentz. Um, yeah. If he continues to play the way he did last night, man, there's no reason why he shouldn't get it. Yeah, because, um, and speaking of Kellen Moore, like he, you tell me what you thought, how you saw, if you thought the offense was different compared to previous years. I, I, because I, I, do. I feel like. Th- yeah, because I feel like even for a game against the Giants, Dak Prescott would not. These are not Doc. These are not Dak Prescott numbers. If, if this is the new reality of Dak Prescott numbers, then holy shit! Yeah, the, the, like, he's definitely he, with um, shit. Who was our Who was our last OC? Oh my God, his name is is getting away from me. But anyways, with our last OC, Dak Prescott threw a lot safer passes it was just a it was a it was a heavy heavy on the run offense which we still ran the ball but kellen yeah. moore was it Lenahan? And, and that's another trend with uh that's another trend that we're seeing is that just like people are leaving at a young age people are starting to coach at a younger age and it started with yeah. sean McVay in los angeles it worked out so well that teams are just now doing that and and we elevated kellen moore from perennial backup quarterback to now you have the reins to the whole offense in the OC position and I definitely think it was a it was a a difference in the in the offensive play there was there was tons of plays where we had people wide open down the middle I mean when Randall Cobb scored he was wide open it seemed like it was a break in the defense it really wasn't it was it was play calling Kellen Moore did great yeah he really did and so now I hate, you know, I hate to jinx myself, but I feel like this is this is the year to become a believer because th- this is I don't know what it is like I don't know how to because I mean you know me I'm like you know I'm not so not as much of a football person as I am with basketball so it's hard for me to articulate it but just this game it was just I don't know how to describe it it's just something different I just. Something about this game, like even though it was against a shitty Giants team, it just gave me more faith than a, any other game normally would, like in any other year. Yeah, and and this is, we're talking about a game where it really the score was thirty-five to ten. That that last that last yeah, touchdown, was, nobody was even playing anymore. But yeah, we're talking about a game in which Ezekiel Elliott didn't even eclipse sixty rushing yards. Like. You're not you're no. not going to count on that every week. You you should be counting on Zeke for one hundred and ten. Maybe ninety to one hundred and ten rushing yards a game, and he's not—he's not even gonna get sixty. So imagine when he is breaking free, when he is back in that rhythm, and then Dak's throwing the ball to five different receivers. It's—I—I I get what you're saying. I don't want to jinx it either. I had this talk with a couple of buddies before the season started, and uh, it just—it really feels like it's a—it's a boomer bust. It's a make or break this year because we have every piece that we've always needed yeah i feel like this is the this is the iteration of the team that's here to stay like i feel like this is like the next era of 
Cowboys football. Like I, I don't know what you exactly you would say the last era was. It would be like Romo and and Des Bryant, mm. and you know those guys you know of the past who were who were there just like a few years ago. Like this this feels like this is the era of the Cowboys. Like this is the team we're going to be talking about in the 2020s. Yeah. And and whenever you have, and. I have not been as big of a believer in Dak Prescott. Like, this whole offseason, I was thinking that they really need to get a deal for Ezekiel Elliott done because I'm worried about how Dak Prescott is going to look if he doesn't have uh, Zeke there as a bailout. Mm -hmm. And Zeke did not... Zeke was off. He did not have a regular Zeke game. And Dak was able to come through... You know, and granted, you got to give credit to the receivers too, because I mean, oh my God, Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. This is is this, is this his breakout year? It's it's gonna be. It's gonna be the whole thing. Last year was that Dak and Gallup couldn't get their timing down. There was a couple times where Gallup broke free. I mean, he would always break free from his coverage, but Dak just couldn't put the ball in the right spot. They weren't on the same page last year. I feel like they worked together a lot uh, this off season, and they're all young guys. I mean, even Cooper, who's a veteran now in the league. He's yeah. 25 or 26. He's no later, he's no older than 26. Um, so they're all around the same age. They're all buddies. They're it's a young, exciting core. Um, I do think that this year is going to be Michael Gallup's breakout year for sure. Yeah, and then of course you got Witten back. You got Cobb, who you, you already mentioned, got a touchdown. Yeah, and that was um, that was sweet. The sweetest touchdown was Witten for sure coming back. And the thing that gives me confidence in this young core is actually the oldest guy on the team and Jason Witten because as young yeah. and, and exciting and, and you know dynamic as they can be, they, they're going to have that anchor to tell them how to be, how to act, how to play, how to not get ahead of themselves. Jason Witten yeah. is, is, is he's the prime example of what a player should be in the NFL. Yeah. And then Blake Jarwin, who I haven't really heard much about at all, getting the opening touchdown of the year. Yeah, Blake Jarwin uh, – he had one like really big game where he scored three times last year, and then so okay. he was looking to be the starter. Obviously, Jason Witten's back, but I think it's it says a lot to be hopeful for Blake Jarwin because now he has that guiding person. You know, now he's yeah. Jason Witten's going to teach him everything he knows. Yeah, yeah. Were you hoping that the Cowboys were going to get in on Antonio Brown? No, not at all. Not not one <laughs> bit, I swear to you. When I say that I'm tired of him, I really am. I understand that he's one of the greatest to ever do it, but I did not for one split second want him on the Cowboys. No way. You didn't think that he would be another Terrell Owens reclamation project? Exactly. He would have been. We got rid of Dez. We, he would have been ten times worse than Dez. He would have been better, but he, his attitude yeah. would have been terrible. He would have t- poisoned our team. In, in, in a time where we where we have players that are looking for new contracts, having somebody like Antonio yeah. Brown in the locker room would have made that so much harder for us. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely would have. But um with um what what did you think of the new um Ezekiel Elliott contract? Okay, so I was actually on the other side of what you said earlier when you said that you you wanted to sign Zeke this summer. I did not. This whole summer, and there's, I've been documenting on multiple posts telling people that we need to trade him, we need to trade him, we need to trade him. I'm, I, why? I stick with that because, and this is why, and I love Zeke. I'm not saying he's not good. He's arguably the best running back in the league, easily top three. But we, he was two years out from, his, from the end of his rookie contract. I didn't like the fact that he was trying to strong arm two years out from being a free agent. That's A. 
And B, and possibly the more important one, was that we still have Dak, Amari, Byron Jones, and we're going to have some more contracts coming up in the year or two that he would have been finishing his. We weren't going to be able to pay everybody. Now, I I cleared that up with in all the arguments that I had with people because it happens so <laughs> often this summer. <laughs> I cleared that up uh-huh. by saying if we can pay him and still pay everyone else, I'm all for it. I love Zeke. But I didn't want to break the bank on Zeke. And Jerry Jones, being the crazy good businessman that he is, found a way to make that possible. So it's a six-year, $90 million extension with 50 guaranteed, I think, or 40-something guaranteed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to pay him 15 a year. I don't want to pay any running back 15 a year. They're just too too, uh, too vulnerable, like too, too open to injuries. Um, but what I like about it is that that money, that contract, usually when people get extensions, it takes over their current contract. Zeke's extension yeah. won't take won't go into place until after his rookie deal is done. So, yeah. so he still has, in essence, it's an eight-year thing. So it works for him because he's at a position where they don't always have jobs, but it works for him because now he is almost guaranteed a job for eight years. Um he still has to we're only paying him nine mil this year and seven next year i think or something like that so we still have enough cap space to pay dak and amari and the big thing is of those 50 or 45 guarantee whatever it is most of that is going to be taken away if he has another suspension or another off the field issue that's what makes me really mm-hmm. love the deal we're basically telling him <laughs> like dude because we've had his back that was another thing why i wanted to train him because Jerry Jones had his back from the get, man. His first season. Every year there's been something wrong with him. And Jerry Jones, he tried yeah. to get Roger Goodell fired for Zeke. And yeah, Zeke is, was treating bizarre. him like that. Like, that's what I didn't like. But, so now. That's why. That's what I would have been okay with trading him for. It's like, I think I think he had a good point with the money, but I definitely would have been all for trading him because of all that shit he gets into. Yeah, and we could have gotten some picks for him. We They could have worked another Herschel Walker deal that they did in the 90s. They got all those picks, and then we ended up winning three more rings. Um, but, but um, he's, he's, so his deal is very friendly to us, and it helps him in the long run, but it also gives us an out. We have yeah two years before we start paying him the real big bucks and in that time yeah. knowing him there's a lot of shit that he could get into uh, so yeah who knows maybe they'll find him enough too like they did with antonio Brown. exactly exactly and that's what jerry and jerry jones is always a step or two ahead of anybody when it comes to money and uh and yeah he he worked that deal really well so i'm, I'm on board with that deal yeah and i mean i didn't really mind him um holding out for the money now because I mean everybody knows that running backs have a much shorter shelf life and they always peak in performance earlier than players of other positions Yeah, and so it's very possible there have been plenty of other players who have gotten screwed because they waited until their contract was up to renegotiate and then they were left um, injured broken up having to sign with another team for a short term deal Yeah, and so I don't blame him for um I don't blame him for trying to secure the money now. Like even with, like you said, that was a that was a ballsy move to do it with two years out. But, I mean, again, I I, I can't blame him. I'm I'm one I'm a person that's for you know player empowerment and flexibility, 
with them getting their contract. So if he was able to get the money, then I can't blame him for that. See, and I don't, I don't either. I don't blame him for wanting money because yes, I understand in that position, you know, it doesn't last long. He's only gonna really get paid, paid one time in his career because once that contract is done, he'll be a plus thirty running back, and nobody wants those. Um, yeah. So I understand the, the the want and the need to secure that money to secure the bag now, but he held out and that's what i don't like you're holding yeah. out two years out Dak prescott his contract is up too amari's is up too and they specifically asked them at training camp somebody interviewed them or they had a press conference and they asked both of them are you planning on holding out and with respect to zeke Dak, because you know that they're all boys Dak was like no i'm not gonna hold out like i'm confident that my deal will get yeah. done but i have no plans on holding out like i don't i don't understand that yeah I mean, it's, you know, it's it's to each their own about their approach because, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, they probably have a better relationship with the team. Like like how you said, Ezekiel's history has been pretty rocky, and so that probably contributed to him holding out because, like, he's, you know, you never know. You know, they, the team can, like, support him these years, and then whenever he's a free agent, he, you know, he may be screwed. And so with these other guys like Dak who have always been, like, you know, model players and have never gotten in the way of anything with, like, you know, disorderly conduct within the team or anything like that. Like, they probably have built that trust to get the long-term deal done, and I don't know if I can say that about Ezekiel. Yeah, I get that, too, but adversely, that also gives Dak and Amari, or Dak more than anybody, that also gives Dak reason to hold out because he has done everything to code. He has done everything the way that a player is supposed to do it. I would I would think that a rockier relationship would make me not want to do that because I want Jerry Jones to keep having my back later on. I don't want to be on his bad side. I don't want to force his his arm. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. Um, so, but you know what? It worked out for him, and and it yeah. ended up working out for the Cowboys too. So, the however we got there, we're here now. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. That was gonna be exactly what I was gonna say. Like things were awkward all throughout the off season and training camp, but. I mean, there's 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 nothing anymore to argue about. He got his money. The team is still in good position, so they can just move on from now. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the only person that and he didn't. I don't want to say he lost last night, but the only person that kind of it kind of went a little downhill for last night was Amari Cooper. Because if Michael Gallup has a breakout year, and it yeah. comes time to to talk money. It, yeah, he's not gonna have as much leverage as he did when he was our, or now that he is our absolute number one receiver. So is he a free agent after this year? He is. Yeah, he's a free agent, but he's a restricted free agent, I believe. So we have the okay. opportunity to match any anything that he gets offered. Yeah, because I would say I don't know how it would look for the Cowboys to have given up a. It was it a first round pick, right? Right. They yeah, gave they up gave up a first round pick. Yeah, usually, yeah, usually whenever you trade a first-round pick for a guy, I would assume that that's a long-term investment. So I don't know how good that would look to, to scrap that plan a year and a half in. Well, it depends. I mean, if they don't, if they don't have a ring, then yeah, they shouldn't scrap it. If they've gotten a ring, do the Bill Belichick dance, and <gasps> you've already used them for what you needed them, and let them go. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I hope not. I too. hope that's not what happens. I hope we win a ring and we keep him because I like him. Why? He's a good guy. He was misused in Oakland and, and and I hope it goes well and he stays with us for the long haul but we'll see man yeah and I guess I guess that's I guess that's that truth speaks more in football than it does in basketball but you know I like continuity I don't like the idea of 
of giving up on players or like letting players walk out after you win a title. It's like I, I like the continuity. I like having them around and trying to make a longer run at these things. Which I mean, I, I get it. If they you know if they win, they win, and you know you can't really fault them for anything that they do after that because they came out on top. But you know, I'd like to see it going even going even further. Yeah, I like that too. I like loyalty on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I like you know players sticking to their teams. I like teams sticking with their players. Um, but it's different when you're getting pounded for four quarters by yeah. you know these 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 big hits. Uh, so it's it makes them less efficient over time. So it's easier to part with somebody like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Okay. Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, do a little freestyle on the NBA? Um. No. Nothing. Just next week, Cowboys Redskins. Uh, that's a pretty. It's not going to be an easy win. Uh, and we're playing in Washington. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of teams who blew it. Yeah. Yeah. They. Oh my that god. That was those a crazy idiots. game. I was so happy because I hate <laughs> the Eagles. But God, dude, how do you do that? But, but hopefully, hopefully they play this the whole game next week the way that they play the second half this week. Yeah, I'd say, yeah hopefully they blow it again. <laughs> I really want to see that happen. So we'll see. But, yeah, I think next week we have a 3 o'clock game again. So just tune in for that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, freaking Deshaun Jackson playing like it's his first term. Oh, my God, I know. Like he's not 45 <laughs> years old. God damn, dude. Man. But, all right. Um, let me see. Oh, real quick. Who is your best fantasy football player this week? Uh, oh, best quarterback was Lamar Jackson for sure. Um, running back was I think Christian McCaffrey. My oh yeah, McCaffrey. My best out. player so yeah, far because I actually have two people playing tonight. My best player so far was Evan Ingram, and he actually was the best tight end too in PPR formulas or formats. Okay. Um, I think he's just such an easy start. He's there's no one else to catch balls on the Giants. Like it's Evan Ingram yeah. over the middle all day, every day. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people are gonna jump on Hollywood Brown. I think y'all everybody should wait a little bit, give him another week or two. Um, he had two really really big runs. Uh, yeah, I was trying to pick him up, but somebody already picked him up. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're gonna jump on him right away. And in in our league, in the league that I'm in, it's an auction, so you have to pay for your players. Um, oh really? And I guarantee. Oh no, I think somebody has them already. But I guarantee in auction league, somebody's gonna drop like fifteen bucks for Hollywood, and and just wait a little bit. Just wait. Mm-mm. God. However, some is somebody he, that I he, would take right now though, Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Is he, is he, is uh wait? How did Sammy Watkins do? Uh, he had two hundred yards receiving. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he Tyreek Hill went down. Sammy Watkins went nine nine oh, receptions, yeah, hundred ninety eight right. yards, and like twelve touchdowns or something like that. <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's right, <laughs> man. Dude, my team fucking sucks this week. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna lose by a lot, and like most of my team had had an off day. But uh, I guess the one who the player who did the best for me was Odell Beckham. And oh wow, yeah, your team was not that good then. yeah it was well because i well because of course my bench came back and screwed me because uh i uh i had matt ryan on my bench and he had i mean his team still sucked but i mean he still had a decent fantasy game and i and i have Gallup, and i didn't start Gallup. oh yeah Yeah. i i i I have will i'm down by 44 points right now so i'm hoping will fuller drops a good 46 
<laughs> and then I have Kaimi Fairbairn also. Uh, Will Fuller right now has one catch for 54 yards, so he's he's on route. If that was a touchdown, I'd have a lot more. So we're 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 seeing. <laughs> Yeah, I think I need to put Gallup permanently in the rotation. Yeah, he deserves it. Oh, I sat Tom Brady. I sat Tom Brady for Kirk Cousins, and <laughs> Tom Brady dropped 37 points. So there you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> and how much did Kirk Cousins get you? 15. 15. A solid 15 points. What? And what did Tom Brady get again? 37. <laughs> yeah, so th- this is my easily my worst opening week in my fantasy football career, unless Will Fuller drops that 45-burger. But – um. Way it's looking, I'm gonna have to make some adjustments in my lineup next week. We'll see. Okay, so real, all right. So real quick, touching on the NBA before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, at least, the biggest summer I've ever seen mm-hmm. in NBA history. I think this easily eclipses when LeBron went to Miami and when he went back to Cleveland. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was just so much movement is like we're not going to go over every single thing right now but um tell me something okay something something non-spurs that you're looking forward to next season the new orleans pelicans uh oh you're on the zion train i'm not so much on the zion train as much as i'm on the train that it's i like young cores and which is weird because i've been a spurs fan my whole life and they're always old but I, I yeah. like young – if I had to go outside of the Spurs organization, I, I really hope that these kids can pull it together. Um, Lonzo obviously was a huge person coming into the into the league, and, and he hasn't panned out really well. But I feel like they're, they're yeah. all going to have chips on their shoulders. They all kind of got spurned by the by the Lakers organization. Um, yeah. I hope they mesh well, and I, I hope they, they can get it together. And, and if they can, a young team like that I, I think has a really good – a really good. I want. I don't want to say chance at playoffs yet because it's going to be their first year playing together. But, but they have a good hope for the future. Yeah. Did you hear what Lonzo was saying about his big Waller brand shoes? Yes, dude. <laughs> He's like <laughs> Lonzo's ready to to just depart from the whole family. Like, oh my god. And it really yeah, is. And dad I mean, was the one that ruined everything, man. He made him like a villain in everybody's eyes because his dad just wouldn't shut up. So now I feel like he's turning on all that. He's way too good of a son. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Man, I don't know. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, he mentioned that when he played with his original model shoes in Summer League, uh, he had to change them every quarter because they were falling apart. They kept blowing out. If anybody saw the way that Zion's shoe blew out in the tournament, that's what happened to every quarter. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, then. Um and uh, anything else? Are you or what? Or do you want to talk about what you're looking forward to, Spurs wise? Oh, Spurs wise, very easy. Uh, Dejounte Murray, his return is is. Yeah. I love the kid. I I had really high hopes. I I felt like last year going into the season last year, I had no worries at all. I thought that we were gonna pick up right where we left off because he was at the helm. Um, Derek White did really well in his absence. You know, a lot of the kids stood up or, uh, you know filled in that position but DeJounte Murray I feel like is the future at that position and uh I kind of feel like people have forgotten about him but I saw he was working out with uh Chris Paul and um yeah it's like uh it's it's with the 
It's with the banana boat. Po- the, the banana, banana boat crew. crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was working out with LeBron. He was working out with Chris Paul. A lot of Lakers teams. It was like it was like the Lakers plus Chris Paul and Dejounte Murray yeah. that he was working out with. I was always working out with Danny Green. Um, yeah, I just yeah, that's one of the things that makes me really really confident about this year, is that. Um, I was pretty much on the same boat. Just like last year, I was like, okay, yeah, this sucks that we don't have Kawhi anymore, but at least we have DeJounte. Yeah. And then he blows out his ACL. I was just like, God damn. Yeah, <laughs> just like... we just couldn't catch a break. <laughs> do, you think, yeah. do you think that uh, Patty Mills and or DeMar DeRozan are on the trading block? <sighs> Patty Mills, no. DeMar... My inclination is to say no still because they're not the type of team to make big changes during the year. But he is going to be a free agent next year. And if they are looking to get to... If they don't think that he is a part of their long-term future or if they don't plan on signing him to a bargain deal, then they have to they have to get some kind of return on that investment. So they got to... If they're... If they're if they're certain that they're going to let go of him, they got to get something in return for him before he walks away. Right. So, I don't know. Like, if anybody... I mean, the short answer is no. I don't think he's I don't think he's going to be on the trading block. I still think DeMar DeRozan has a lot of value. I think he can still be really good on this team. I think for everything that happened last year and for how pissed off that he was about being traded from Toronto, I think he kept it together pretty well and had a pretty good year in San Antonio. Yeah, I, I hope they don't get rid of him. I like DeMar a lot. I liked him when he was in Toronto, too. Um, yeah. I like him a lot. I just don't want him to get done like that. I don't want him to get, like, just tossed around the league. He doesn't deserve that. Um, yeah. But we're loaded at that position, man. We have guards out the wazoo. We got to do something. Well, well, the to his credit, I don't want anything to happen until we see until we see the potential start coming to life with these guys because like I trust DeJounte I I trust Derek White but I want to see more and uh, I want to see more out of the pivotal guy is Lonnie Walker yeah I I love Lonnie Walker and I definitely think that he could be the next guy to step up and to be in a role like DeRozan's Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be this year but I mean if he surprises people and is able to take on more than people think then yeah, that might put not really force the Spurs to trade DeRozan, but kind of think that if worse comes to worse and they have to let him go, then they have the security of Lonnie there. Yeah. And so, yeah, they have those guys, Patty, Bryn Forbes, um, Bellinelli, who, who is probably gone after this year. But, um, but uh, yeah, no, I just... That would be the thing that I'm looking forward to on the Spurs. Is, I mean, one, uh, the youth movement... I want to see, like, I, I'm at the point where I don't care. Uh, well, no, I, I do care if we make the playoffs. But, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm at the point where I'm willing to sacrifice more wins if it means seeing DeJounte and Lonnie and Derek White on the floor together because I really, I really, really like that group a lot. Like, Derek White did such a good job of filling in last year. DeJounte Murray had so much potential before the ACL blowout last year. And Lonnie Walker, who I was really happy with on draft day, whenever they got him, and uh, he's been he's been doing really well in summer league. He did really well in the D league last year. You know, he's yet to show it in the 
at the NBA level, but I just think he can. Like, just like my gut feeling tells me that he has that potential. Yeah, I, I like I like Lonnie as well. Uh, and, yeah, he dealt with, with injuries and stuff, so we didn't really get to see a lot, a lot of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like – And secondly – Go ahead. Or no, uh, I was going to say, secondly, the other thing that I think people are not giving enough attention to is that this is the first year since the Kawhi stuff that we actually have some continuity. Because, yeah. you know, it was first, you know, his injury, and then it was him getting traded, and then it was getting used to DeMar. And now this year, we finally have a group that's coming back from the previous year. Like, I think that, and, you know, there weren't any, like, major changes from last year to this year. And I think that goes, I think that's, I think people need to give a little bit more attention to that, that this is finally a year where people are going to get familiar with one another. Right, right. And I hadn't thought about that either. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. Because we, we all know, I mean, look at the Browns and look at the Heat when they first came together. Like, it's going to take a while to, to pick it all up. The Heat still did make that run, but they got swept, I think, that first year that they went to the finals. Um, when they got oh, the, yeah, and they the got upset together. by Dallas. But, yeah, it, it definitely is something to not go – uh, to not be underestimated is, is continuity and, and people really being able to mesh together and get their chemistry down, right? Yeah. And I would say, um, non-Spurs, I would say that this is finally the year and I don't know how long where there's no for sure finals team in either conference. Like, for the longest time, it was the Warriors um, and then that you know there is that saga going on with them and the Cavs. You don't you don't and, think the Clippers know. are a sure shot? Oh no. Uh-uh. Really? No. I think they st- if all things I can see things breaking their way and them making it to the finals, but I don't think at all that it's a lock for anybody in the East or the West. Wow. I think with the Clippers, with the Clippers, you know, I had, you know, you don't have to worry about Kawhi. I think Kawhi has already proven that that piece of shit can still do everything he needs to do on one leg. Yeah. So, um, but uh, it's Paul George. Like he, you know, for as much as they loved him in OKC, he never had every trip that they went to the playoffs. He did not do that well. Like he would have flashes and he would crumble when it came down to the series deciding games. As like I want to see, you know, I love the Clippers. I love Doc Rivers. Kawhi is obviously an amazing player. They have incredible depth. But it's Paul George that it all comes down to for me. I want to see him actually carry through this year. If he carries through, then, yeah, I think they make it to the finals. But I think that's a big question mark. Who, who are their big men? Uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, Jamichael Green, people that are kind of low on the radar but who I think are still good enough to to manage at that spot right. before. So uh, let me see here. Let me look up their depth chart real quick because those are, those are probably their two uh, – they're two big ones. Uh, uh, was it Harold and uh, who else did they got? To Michael Green. Yeah, no, they're kind of shallow in the front court because they got um, this center that they tr- traded from the Lakers last year, Ivica Zubac, who is a oh, yeah, yeah. is good, but it, yeah, but who's really young and it doesn't and uh, you know is more potential than you know performance right now. But they got Beverly. They got they got Lou Williams. They got uh, Mo Harkless. They got Landry Shamit, who um, is a really, really good spot-up shooter for them. But um, yeah, no, I mean they have what they have the pieces, but um, putting it together is another question. They definitely, I think they do have the strongest odds. I think if I had to pick somebody to make it from the West, I would pick the Clippers. Yeah, 
Yeah, I have no faith in the Lakers. I don't care that they got Anthony Davis. They they got did they really sign uh Dwight Howard? Yeah. That yeah. really happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I thought it was a bad dream. I I have no faith in what they're gonna do. Like I they're not gonna do it. They I think they get well, I won't call their seed. I called it correctly last year, I'm pretty sure, but uh I, I don't think that they have a chance to get to the finals. I don't think it happens. They ha- I don't think so either. They just have a strange roster. Like after after LeBron and Anthony Davis, their roster gets really weird. Yeah. It's like I like I like Danny Green, Kuzma, I'm iffy on. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's a bunch of role players that don't really fit all that well or just like random players who you wouldn't think would like develop chemistry with each yeah. other. And um yeah, I just I don't it just it doesn't strike me as the type of team who's gonna put it all together this year. Yeah, they just don't look got, like a championship team. Like it doesn't feel yeah. like it. Yeah. And a lot of it too would depend on them gelling and, you know, LeBron actually faced his first like real injury last year and Anthony Davis has a his has an injury history also. It's just um I don't know, I just love how wide open it is. Yeah. I mean we'll get in we'll get into that more as this as the as the season opener approaches, which I believe is on October 23rd. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, no, but, um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it leading up to it and what we're looking forward to. But, uh, anything else you want to include? Uh, no, man. It was a good, good opening, good opening for us, I believe. Um, we'll be trying to do this weekly for those of you who are interested. Um, and trying to put it out in the mornings for you guys for your morning commute. We'll put it out probably at night, but you know, it's ideal. We're trying to make yeah. it ideal for your morning commute. Yeah, exactly. If you're listening to us on Tuesday morning, remember to have your double shot and listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. But all in all, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm glad to be back on the mics. I'm glad to be talking sports again. Uh, I'm looking forward for the upcoming seasons uh, in sports and on the mic. That's Hector. I'm John. We're back. This is Double Shot. We're back. See you next week. Later.